0: Uh, it's great to see everyone this morning. Thank God for, uh, thank God for your company, uh, your will- willingness to come and have fellowship together this morning. Thank God for his presence and God's willingness always to bless and encourage his people in the word. In a time and in a world today that sometimes I think we need encouragement more than every, any other time because of the changing world that we live in and the ideas and thoughts of this world. And perhaps we could argue there's ever a time that we need encouragement as Christians. It's, the, it's this time that we live in today. And I pray that you continue to be encouraged through last week's uh, retreat uh, as a church, that you're encouraged from this, from that time together. Um, but also this morning and everything the Lord does, whether through song, through word, just through uh, the catching up with one another, that you continue to be encouraged and strengthened in your, in your faith. This morning, I'm going to open up a few passages in the Bible. And so if, you're, if you want to follow me, um, I'm going to read some passages. I'm going to open up some passages as well. Um, but if you want to follow me this morning and read some of the passages with me, uh, I will be opening up to Ephesians chapter 6, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6, and then Psalm 91. Uh, as a as a reference, but I'll I'll also be just sharing other scriptures with you as well. So Ephesians chapter 6, six, uh, First Timothy chapter six, and Psalm and Psalm ninety one um, as well. Before I pray and ask the Lord's blessing on His Word this morning, um, I want to uh, share with you a verse that uh, popped up on my phone yesterday as one of those you know those regular Bible verses that pop up on people's phones and. And it's from Jeremiah 31, 25, and it says, for the, this is the Lord speaking, and it says, For I have satisfied the weary soul, and I have replenished every sorrowful soul. And I was contemplating this verse, and I was thinking, oh, since camp, you know, I'm sure there's been um, different things and different emotions and different battles maybe that have gone on for people. But I do pray that we continue to believe and trust in a God who says this, I have satisfied the weary soul, And I've replenished every sorrowful soul. That we continue to believe in a God who satisfies the weary and who replenishes the sorrowful. A God who identifies and sees that in our hearts and our lives sometimes life does get us weary. And sometimes in our life and in our experiences sometimes we do feel sorrow. And they happen for a whole range of reasons. But I want us to draw and and remember this morning. And draw our minds and hearts and remember in a God who says again... I have satisfied the weary soul and I have replenished every sorrowful soul. That we continue to dig deep and believe in a God who does this and is able to restore our souls to a place where they need to be. This is the God that we serve, and this is the God I want to talk to you about this morning. And if we choose to trust Him and if we choose to believe in Him, He's the God who always, always promises to come and deliver in the things that He has promised because this is who He is. He is faithful and He's just. So I pray this morning that we open our hearts to listen to his word and listen to a God who knows what, your, what your, the condition of your soul is today, knows the condition of your heart, knows the condition of your, you know, your mind and how, what's going on. But more importantly, not just knows it, but knows what needs to be done with it. So I pray our hearts are open this morning to listen very, very intently and carefully to what the Lord has to say to us. Let's pray. Let's ask the Lord's blessing on his word this morning and uh, Our hearts are open to hear what the Lord has to say to us. Our Lord and our Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for the songs that we've sung. We thank you that truly you have won the victor's crown. You have triumphed over sin and death. You are the God who promises to always satisfy the weary soul and replenish the sorrowful soul we thank you for this morning and the word that we've opened opening and pray that our hearts are also open to listen carefully to what you have to say we thank you for the blessings among us we thank you for the blessings of children and babies and we pray that your blessing be upon them abundantly with good health and hearts that want to know you in the future. We thank you because you are a God who is good and always does what you promise. And we commit this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm sure many of you have heard the phrase before. I'm sure you've heard the phrase before, life was never meant to be easy. I'm sure you've heard that phrase before, life wasn't meant to be easy. And I'm sure people have told you that phrase and they've shared that phrase with you before because maybe you're going through something and they're trying to encourage you in some ways and they're trying to explain things in some ways. But it's very true. You ask anyone who's lived long enough on this, this earth and in life and I'm sure there wouldn't be too many people that would be prepared to contend this. Yeah, because the truth is, and everyone knows by their own experiences, that life is hard and life wasn't meant to be always easy that's just the life that's just the reality of life and unfortunately and sadly sometimes people go through incredibly challenging times and difficult times but it's not but it's but the truth is the truth for everybody life was not meant to be easy and then people become Christians and there's sometimes a misunderstanding that they're going to become Christians and all of a sudden life is going to be really easy once and for all and this misunderstanding, nothing's going to go wrong, they're not going to have trials, life's going to be pretty cru- cruisy, and then they realize very quickly into their Christian walk, hang on, <laughs> that's not happening, that's not, happening. You know, that's not what's going on. Because the truth is, life was not meant to be easy. There is some truth in this statement. Life was not meant to be easy. In other words, life God didn't design life. for it to be always easy and always cruisy because we live as fallen people in a fallen world and therein lies the ingredients for life to be hard. Yep, And life isn't and wasn't ever meant to be easy. But the truth is, however, that when Christians make a decision or people make a decision to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, they are putting their hand in the hand of the man or the one who knows all things and is the, is the creator of all things and who is always in control of all things. And so while life wasn't meant to be easy, when someone decides they put their trust not in themselves or not in another person or not in something or not in a philosophy. When someone decides to put their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and him alone, there is an easiness that is developed in their heart where they're able to rest when life isn't easy. There's an element of rest that takes place because they know that the God who made them and the God who called them, the God who considers them the apple of his eye is going to look after them. Because that's the love and the passion that the Lord has for his people. And so God, who does this and says this, calls us to a place and says, you know what, I know that what you're experiencing from time to time isn't easy and I know from time to time you wish it wasn't part of your life, but I'm... I'm, I'm um, saying to you that that I'm asking you, I'm requesting of you that you trust me as a God who promises to take care of you even when life is not easy because I will defend you. I will stand for you. And I always like stories in the Scriptures, when you read of people in the Scriptures, where something happens to someone and Jesus is there defending them. I like those stories because it reminds me of Jesus the Defender. Now, for example, if I remember correctly, the man who was born blind, he was cast out because people were like saying to him, Oh, how dare you talk to us like this? You're born in your sins and you're teaching us now. And they, they cast him out. And the Bible says, straight, soon after that, the Bible says, and when Jesus found him, he was a defender. He was a defender. He stood, he came up to him and he, and he, and he spoke to him and he encouraged him. And I love these stories because what they remind us of always is constantly how God um, is, is, is always um, re- reminding us in the Word that He will stand and He will defend and He will fight on our behalf because the Bible describes the Christian life often as a battle and as a fight. Okay, listen carefully to this. Because the Bible often describes the Christian life as a battle and as a fight. And that's good to know. That's really, really important to know. Because if we don't know this, then what we fail to understand, or what we begin to do rather, is to say things like this. Why is this happening to me? You ever done that before? Why is this happening to me? Rather than to turn this around and be able to say, Hey, you know what? This is where life isn't always meant to be easy. The Christian life is a fight, is a battle. And now, so what does the Bible tell us? What does the scripture remind us of to always remember how to um, live in a world that is described like this, where God is our defender and God is calling us to fight? What kind of fight is it? And it's really odd. It's almost kind of um, um, unusual in our thinking because you wouldn't get a parent saying to their child, now I want you to go and fight. You wouldn't wouldn't normally get a a parent saying that to their child. I want you to fight. You know, if this happens, I want you to fight. But in the Christian life, um, that's what God is telling His children to do. He says, when you go and you have these experiences in life, I want you to fight. I want you to be the fighter. And it's interesting because the fight is described in many, many different ways. And I'll go through some of those ways today, maybe even next week. The, the, the fight is described in many different ways because it's who we are and how we live. And if we understand this, I believe, we, we begin to experience a, a rest around what's going on. But also, I pray and trust that through your fight and through your, the faith of your fight, that you also experience Victory. See, I believe nobody wants to lose a fight. (laughs) I don't I don't think anybody's sitting here this morning thinking, "Yeah, Yeah, yeah, life's a fight and I'm prepared to lose it. I don't think anyone really wants to lose the fight. Though people experience loss all the time. And they, why did I get defeated in this? Why did I lose in this? Why did I not come out victorious in this? And so people often come out of their fights. Losing, but I don't think anyone really wants to lose their fight. And so I think sometimes it's because people either don't understand, and they need to be taught how to—they to, need to be taught how to fight. They need to be trained, as the Bible says, and we'll look at it later. They need to be trained by God, who who trains their hands for war. Or maybe they've got to a place of such discouragement they don't have the energy to fight. And they need to be encouraged and prayed with and prayed for. It's like a, it's like a couple that comes and speaks to me and says, you know, Barry, we don't know what to do anymore. We're just exhausted. Because the, the, the contention between them, or if two friends come up and speak, and they say, oh, we don't know what to do, but we're just exhausted. We, we, we're exhausted. We, we don't know how to candle it anymore. And they just need encouragement. They need encouragement and they need truth to guide them and lead them in the fight. To win. And so I don't think people want to lose a fight, but they, um, <clears throat> but they sometimes don't know what to do and need to be trained, or sometimes they just are very discouraged and need to be helped and supported. And, and the Bible talks about various kinds of fights and we we talk about them often in the scriptures and if I asked you to think about one beautiful big classic fight that happened in the old testament between a a, a young soldier and a massive giant you'd know who I'm talking about David and his Goliath and we talk about these fights we talk about them because they, we know that they're they're not a fight that's they're not in there intended to talk about a physical fight. They're there for us as Christians intended to talk about the fight that we have all the time in life, and which becomes a fight of faith. And so that's why we like to quote David when he says to him, "Yeah, you know, Goliath, you're coming to me in the physical realm. You're coming to me with all these, you know, with who you are and your height, and 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 you know." Um, You know, your sword or whatever it is, you're coming to me like this, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. Because what we, why we like to quote that is because we understand and recognize that though Goliath came to him physically thinking, oh, because of his stature and because of his strength, that this little David had, was no battle to him. David understood, yes, you're right. I've got no chance against you in the physical, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. Because his battle was spiritual. His battle was a battle of faith. And so that's true. So we use Bible stories like David and Goliath, true stories like David and Goliath, because they remind us of how much our battle is more than a physical one. It's like a boxer. Now, I'd never like my chances in boxing if I ever tried it, but it's like a boxer. When I watch boxers box and fight, and I see them and I think to myself, how on earth do they last 15 rounds being beaten up how do they even do that? Like how do they actually have the stamina to actually last so long having to not only contend with themselves but with another person to, to fight the battle that's within them in their mind but also the person that's coming against them throwing the blows and hitting them. But they get to the 15th round and they, and they win by knockouts let's say. And there's a sense of joy and victory, and they're winning winning this battle. They've won the battle after 15 rounds. But if you ask that boxer afterwards, did you feel any pain along the way? 100%, they're going to say, absolutely. I started feeling it in round one. And it's a beautiful picture of life, because what it is... That we as the saints of God who know victory is always ours, we know as the saints of God that we carry with us this humanness that always creates pain in us, blow after blow after blow in our own minds and in our own hearts. We carry this, the things that we can't always control in us. But yet at the same time we know that each round that we get through we get more and more close to the victory in Christ. And so we don't throw in the towel. We don't say, you know what, oh, you know, this is getting too hard. It's hurting too much. I don't understand why I keep feeling like this and why these battles keep coming to me. We don't throw in the towel early. We say, Lord, I know the victory is mine because you are the victor of all things. You wear the victor's crown. And it's painful and it hurts. But the victory isn't based on the pain and the hurting. That's not the vision we have, the vision we have is the fight that we have in Christ. We know that our fight is not physical. But sometimes the misunderstanding is there because some of us, sadly, and I think it would be true to say, some of us have grown up in households and in families where the fight was more about the physical. It was more about how we spoke to each other was more about the aggression that we showed each other. And God forbid, it was more about how much people hit each other. And some of us know what that feels like. That they know that the fight growing up was a physical fight. And so you've learnt to live life retaliating and fighting also in the physical. But God brings to us some beautiful awareness. He brings to us some wonderful truths in understanding that our fight isn't physical, it's spiritual. That we don't win our fights by becoming more aggressive. We don't win our fights by yelling more. We don't win our fights, God forbid, by hitting more. God has taught us a new way. God has taught us to win our victory by humbly trusting in the power of the Lord and allowing Him to be the victor in all things. That is our victory. And so our, our call, brothers and sisters, is an understanding that our fight is spiritual and our call is to stand. So go with me to Ephesians chapter 6. Let, let's read our first, our first passage together. Ephesians chapter 6 and looking at from verse 12. Ephesians chapter 6. And, verse 12. and in this passage, a lot of you would be familiar with this passage, the Apostle is also trying to describe the kind of battle that we have in the Lord. Because he knew and understood and appreciated by his own experiences that the battles are very, very real. And so he says in Ephesians chapter 6 from verse 12, he says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers and against the authorities and against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So firstly, he talks about this wrestle as not something that we can see. He talks about this wrestle very much a spiritual wrestle, very much something that we're dealing with, with things unseen. And sometimes we have the temptation at looking at someone who's making life hard for us, and we look at this person who's making life hard for us, and we see them as the enemy. We see them as the problem. And it's a really, really big problem to have, because all of a sudden we're looking at something physical, and we're thinking to ourselves, you know what, if that person just stopped doing this, I'd be happier. But we fail to understand and we bring ourselves into a place of deeper pain we don't understand that this fight that we have is not a physical fight, it's a spiritual fight. And while we need to contend and do things to try and resolve what's going on on the physical level, we need to understand that the greater fight that's going on is the one in our hearts and the one that we have before the Lord in an ability to be able to trust Him and do things according to His perfect plan, His perfect way and find rest. In this battle. So, this is the wrestle. You can imagine two people wrestling, and they were both trying to outstrength the other and overpower the other, and they're wrestling one another. But the idea is just like Jacob wrestled with with the angel, the idea is that we are wrestling with the truth. We are wrestling with the truth of the Lord. And so we want to come to a place that we're not doing things that are against the way of God or the will of God, because then all of a sudden we will find ourselves fighting against God. But we want to wrestle things out in such a way that we are always in the will of God, no matter what the contention is. Do you get that? This is victory, brothers and sisters. This is the victory brothers and sisters. This is the victory where we find ourselves always in the will of God, despite the challenge and the wrestle that's going on around us. That the words we speak and the way we act and the things we do and the way we respond are always pleasing to the Lord. So no matter what the battle is, no matter what the wrestle is, we are confident to be able to say or to pray, Lord, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. This is, or this li- therein lies the victory. And I tell you what, if people do this, if couples do this, if communities do this, it's a very, very peaceful community. There'll be troubles, yeah, for sure. There'll be battles, absolutely. It'll be, be a much greater, peaceful community. He says, we don't wrestle against these things, but verse 13, therefore, he says, because of the wrestle that we do have, take up the whole armour of God. Take up the whole... So you may be able to withstand in the evil day, because the evil day is coming, it is coming, and it has come. And having done all to stand firm. And this is why God, uh, Paul is encouraging the Ephesians to do this. He says, I want you to take up this whole armour because by taking up the whole armour of God, what's going to happen is that when the evil day does come and that big challenge does come and whatever the devil tries to throw in your life, in your heart, in your circumstances, that when he tries to throw these attacks towards you and they will come if they haven't come already, he says, you're going to be able to stand firm because the battle is spiritual and what God is asking us to do is to stand firm does that mean as you stand firm like the boxer does that mean as you stand firm that you're not going to cop one in the stomach and maybe one in the face absolutely Does that mean you're not going to feel the pain of your own humanness, and you're going to to feel like there are times that in you you're going to feel like, "Can I keep going? This is hurtful. I don't know if I'm going to cope." And these thoughts come into your mind, and the feelings come into your mind. That's just because you're human, but you're able to stand and be able to and face the blow of these, 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 the battle of the enemy, knowing that the victory is coming. Because we're called to stand. We're called to stand. We're called to be in a place where we're able to deal with things as God has called us to. Now again, let me reiterate. There are times and places where there might be something going on where we need to physically respond to it. We need to physically get out of a situation or do something wise in a situation. But the battle, the battle always remains the Lord's. Does that make sense? Always remains the Lord's. And so we don't go about thinking that we're going to win by yelling, punching or screaming. (laughs) That's just foolishness. Who thinks they can win a battle like that? We win because we do things in the name of the Lord. It reminds me of times when, when people have had an issue with me. And they could have gone and done things like gone and gossiped about me, posted something about me. You can only imagine what people like to say about us from time to time. But I remember one time, beautiful brother who was had an issue with me, and rather than going and gossiping and posting and 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 all those sorts of things, asked me a very simple question: Can we catch up and talk? How simple? How simple? I think I, I think he even got shouted a coffee. I don't know. How simple? and we got together and we spoke we spoke to us two brothers humbly humbly we shared things together i shared my heart he shared his heart i shared my heart we talked about it there was no fighting there was no arguing it was just sharing of our hearts and then we met again i think he feels the same way i think we're very very much i think we we're, we're we're much closer and very close to one another now i think we would lay down our lives for each other Because the battle's the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's. And I think this is why we continue to hold on to this wonderful truth that we don't need to wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle with things that are spiritual. And I know since camp, I, I, would, I, I, I believe that since camp, there would have been, for many of you perhaps, a great spiritual fight this week. As you come to wrestle and contend with the things that you heard. However, I encourage you to continue to stand. To continue to stand in the truths of the Lord. So let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 6. And let me share with you some other verses about this. <clears throat> verses that I hope and trust will encourage you and support you in this battle that, is, that you are in. And that is ahead of you. In 1 Timothy, Paul is talking about, he's encouraging um, the, the, the children of God and he's very open and he's very comfortable in using the word, you know, as Christians, as my brothers and sisters, I want you to fight because he understands he's not talking about a physical one, he's talking about a spiritual one. And often the Bible talks about this or we know we understand it as a fight of faith. And, and really what we're often talking about is a fight that is a fight of the, where our faith is and what the faith is that we're fighting for. And so in 1 Timothy chapter 6, uh, verse, from verse 11, he says, But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness and godliness and faith and love and patience and gentleness. And then he asks him in verse 12, he says, And I want you to fight the good fight of faith lay hold on, on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. So he asked them to do something here. And it's very, very, I guess, simple in some respects, but it's difficult in another. But he wants them to fight the good fight of faith. Because he's trying to explain and help the other Christians to understand that in our faith, it's a good fight. It's the good fight of faith. Because there is in us... There are things that lie within us and there are things that lie without us that always bring to us a challenge and a wrestle and a battle. And he calls it a good fight of faith because it's the kind of fight that we have to be involved in. We must be involved in. We cannot say, I don't want to get in the ring. We can't say that. Because to say we don't want to get in the ring is to say we we don't want to be Christian. So he understands this. And so he says to them, I want you to fight the good fight of faith. And we can think of multiple reasons. We can think of multiple examples of where this fight actually exists, whether it's in your workplaces or your families or your relationships or your friendships. There's a ton of things that we can describe, whether it's the people in the community or the things that we listen to or the the things that we hear or the the things that the governments are trying to do. There's a ton of things that we we can use as examples for this. But the truth is the truth, and we're called to fight the good fight of faith. But the greatest fight, the greatest fight always remains the fight within us. And God is not calling us to be smarter people or more articulate people. God is calling us to be victorious people first from within. Because when it happens here, then what you say and what you do becomes the will of God. We don't f- let our frustrations out on people. <laughs> What kind of fight's that? Oh, I said it to that person because I was really frustrated. What kind of fight's that? I said it to this person because I was really annoyed. What kind of fight's that? What about saying to that person out of a place of rest because the victory has been won and being able to speak, whatever you end up speaking, knowing that it's the will of God what's been spoken. And so this becomes the fight. This becomes and Paul is saying, I want you to fight the good fight of faith. And by doing so, I want you to lay hold on eternal life because that's what you've been called to. That's been your confession. Your whole thing is that you have made a commitment to the things that pertain to eternal life. You're not here. You're not here to because your minds are set on earthly things. That's not the reason why we exist, to keep our minds and all things earthly. Our minds are set to live on this earth, but to keep our hearts and minds heavenly, if you like. And so we are to fight the good fight of faith. Thankfully, the Apostle Paul, true to his character, didn't tell this to the people without it, Um, um, modeling it himself without being the example himself because that would be horrible imagine I'm saying to you I want you to fight the good fight of faith and I'm kicking back and just whatever happens I don't care that would be horrible of me to make you endure the sufferings of a Christian and fight the good fight of faith and I myself every day just keep throwing in the towel and don't care don't worry say what I want to say do what I want to do who cares no one sees me that would be horrible of me to do that horrible but Paul's not like that. True to his character and his faith, he asks him to do something, but he does it himself. He leads by example. So he tells him in 2 Timothy 4 7, he says, I have fought the good fight of faith. Later in the second book, he writes to, to Timothy, he says, I have fought the good fight of faith. He says, I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. you understand? Because this is what he says. He says, you know what? I want you to be an example. I want, I want you to do this, but I, want, I am your example. He says, I'm telling you, I have fought the f- good fight of faith. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Sometimes I ponder and I wonder that the greatest enemy for the Christian is time. Because the longer you go on in your faith, then the greater the risk if you're not careful, in giving up. Paul doesn't say this. He said, "I've been a Christian for a while now." He says, "But I've fought the good fight of faith. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith." And that's why, brothers and sisters, and I'll I'll begin to wrap it up because I'll finish this next week. That's why we're called to protect it, to protect our faith. The Apostle John says in his letter, for whoever is born of God overcomes the world. Listen. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Our faith. Because that's why it's so important to protect our faith. A faith that is prepared To not look to ourselves, but look to him. A faith that's prepared not to uh, indulge ourselves, but give glory to him. A faith that's prepared not to be served, but to serve. A faith that's prepared to lay down rather than to always um, defend. This is the faith. This is the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. That we walk in his footsteps and believe that we've come to the end of ourselves and that Christ lives in us because this is the faith that helps us to overcome the world and it's a great faith and it's a great victory because perhaps we could say it's an incredibly intense battle but the victory always remains the Lord the Lord's so brothers and sisters I want to encourage you this morning yes our battle (laughs) is a spiritual one. It is a spiritual one. And yes, if you haven't already felt it, you will experience it. Life won't be easy. The battles will come. The fights will come. But I want to say what the Bible tells us. I want to say what God tells us to his children. You need to fight. But you need to fight the good fight of faith. You need your faith to be rooted and grounded in the truths of the Lord, where it becomes him and him alone that becomes your victory. He becomes your victory because we walk in his, in his steps to do it his way. And we come to learn of the victory that we have in him. Keep fighting the good fight of faith, brothers and sisters. In the week ahead, you might find that more battles will come, more fights will come. But remember the word to fight the good fight of faith. Let it be the faith in you and the faith you have in him that keeps you moving, growing, growing and victorious in the week. Amen? Let's pray together. That's right. There are a lot of things that will happen in life and things that we, we would rather try and avoid in life. But may the Lord grant you grace upon grace to continue to, to fight the good fight of faith this week. May the words of your mouth and the meditation of your heart always be pleasing in his sight as you put his truths that you would find truth always in the inner man. And that's where truth will live and that's where truth will reign. So, As we come before him this morning, let's just take a moment to, in our own hearts before the Lord to confess our, our commitment, our promise, our trust in him and confess our commitment to continue to fight the good fight of faith and allow this to be the very thing that strengthens us and encourages us as we believe in a God who always stands by us as, as our defender um, this morning. Let's just spend a moment to to confess this to the Lord and our commitment to him. Father, we do thank you, Lord, for you and everything you've done for us, Lord. The cross is such an incredible thing lord you gave your son and he came to save us and to deliver us from all things and we thank you for this father we thank you for your word and we believe and trust that you continue to be our defender and so we stand with you lord we continue to fight the good fight of faith believing and trusting and knowing that you are with us and because of this the battle belongs to the lord and we thank you for this and we bless you and we praise you we pray that you make your face to shine upon your people this week uh, that you give them strength to remind them of your truths and carry them and encourage them father in all things we ask in jesus name Amen. amen